Hello, and welcome to the Money Mammoth Podcast, where we'll explore your personal relationship with money and help you develop a mindset to lead a stress-free financial life. I am your host and co-author of the book, Money Mammoth, Dr. Ed Horowitz. I've spent the last 30 years of my life in almost every aspect of both financial services and higher education. I'm here to bring the academic science perspective together with help for real life struggles with money. This podcast is dedicated to helping you figure it all out and finally get to your financial happy place, free from money, stress, worry, and fighting. No blame, no shame, just help. Let's begin. I spoke at the Young Professionals Summit recently. There were about 1,200 people who registered to attend this year. My presentation mostly focused on the Money Mammoth book and specifically how your money scripts can determine your financial success. We discussed financial psychology, behavioral change characteristics, but most of the questions and follow-ups were centered around people's individual money scripts and belief biases. There always seems to be a lot of concerns for which money script is is the best and how do I change my money script to the best. There is no one best money script. Now, clearly there are some that are better for those that are savers and planners, but all money scripts have good and bad attributes. And you have to understand is that they come from our internal beliefs and biases. And that's what we're here to work on with the podcast. So the fact is, We all have money script issues that need to be addressed. Nobody's perfect all the time. So regardless of which money script you have, everyone will most likely need to make some changes or adjustments in their life. For people who suffer from more severe money behavior afflictions, the solutions may be more involved as you might expect. So let's be perfectly clear about one important foundational point before we move forward. These are money behavior afflictions. Nobody chooses to have an uncontrolled spending or hoarding disorder or arrive at retirement with a mortgage and a mountain of debt and no savings. Clearly, very few people consciously work to put themselves into financial trouble. Just like drugs, alcohol, gambling, and other behavioral disorders, many forms of money disordered behaviors are also listed and the American Psychological Association's Diagnostic and Statistical Manual as Psychological Behavioral Disorders. So please don't look at people who suffer from money problems as simply lacking the will or discipline to properly manage their money. Some people have problems and simply need help and someone to explain things in a way that they can understand. I found most people, once they understand their situation, are willing to do the work to get to their financial happy place. They just don't know how. Again, that's why we're here to help. The days of blaming and shaming ourselves and others who have money problems really needs to end. Attaching a social stigmatism never helped anybody address and overcome their afflictions in life. We need to work to make getting help easier, not harder. Okay, let's shift gears now and talk about the process for addressing the things you'd like to change within your disordered or disruptive money behaviors. I'll use the term disordered or disruptive interchangeably uh, in the podcast 
to help describe those money disorders or behaviors that really aren't aligned with where we want to get to, our financial happy place. So now in this episode, I'm going to go briefly into the steps and summarize them at kind of a brief higher level. In subsequent episodes, I'm going to break down each one of these steps for those looking to do kind of a deeper dive and really understand what's going on. Okay, so here comes the high-level summary of the corrective process to disruptive money behaviors. Step one, there has to be awareness. You need to become aware of where exactly your disruptive money behaviors are coming from. You need to find out what's bothering you and exactly when it's occurring. And that leads us to the second step, which is the trigger behavior recognition. You need to kind of break down when you start to go astray from your plans and what specific triggers are causing that behavior. So slowing things down, examining that exact moment, and then trying to find out what set you off, what was the trigger that caused you to make that bad emotional money decision. Then third, understanding the root belief behind that. In our book, we talk about a money atom exercise. It's also detailed in a great book called Facilitating Financial Health. But through the exercise, you're able to then understand the root cause of that belief. It's not enough to just know the belief exists. We have to know initially where that belief began and what is informing that money belief. Next, we're going to rewrite, replace, and reprogram that disordered or incorrect money belief and make the correction. We'll move on to living the new corrected money script mindful of the behavior potholes that's waiting to trip us up. So knowing that our problems are out there and recognizing those triggers and making sure that our rewritten or reprogrammed money script is working effectively and, and we get over that pothole, if you will. Over time, that money script will become your new way of life, your standard money operating procedure, if you will. Now, it could take several weeks, even months, maybe even a year for it to become your new regular. It does need active awareness and management, but when it does, that's when your lifestyle and your money behaviors will change. All right, so now's the time in the podcast that we're going to check in with Dr. Brad Klons for his Brad's Eye View. This episode, Brad's going to be talking about the root and discovering the root of our money beliefs. So it is so incredibly fascinating how powerful our beliefs around money are. And, and in the research we've done, these beliefs predict your outcomes. They predict your income, your net worth, your financial behaviors. And what the problem is, many of us are totally unaware of what these are. It's, it's sort of like we're fish swimming around in the water. And the water is these beliefs we have around money. We've inherited them quite often from our parents, from our grandparents, from our great-grandparents. But since they lie outside of our conscious awareness, they have this tremendous power on our lives. And in our work with clients, if we can see any financial behavior and, and it'll make total sense. Now, it might look totally ridiculous and harmful and self-destructive. And with your logical brain, you're going, why would anyone do that? That's crazy. But it's not crazy. It's actually entirely predictable when we understand what these beliefs are. And if you really want to get a handle on what they are, you also have to figure out where they came from. And so one of the most powerful strategies that I've seen in discovering the origin of these beliefs is to interview your parents. 
to actually like approach it like you're an anthropologist and, and you're going to immerse yourself in this culture and try to figure out how they think about things and how they look at the world and how they interact with money. And that's actually what I did in my personal life. So when I ran into problems with my relationship with money, which for me was back in 2000, I got into day trading. It seemed like the thing to do. <laughs> Everyone I knew was making money day trading. And so I thought I owned $100,000 in student loan debt. I thought this is a great way to get out of debt. So I started day trading. I sold what I had of value anyway. And of course I got burned, like, which is what happens to like 97% of people who do that. And um, I was really struck with this. Why would a reasonably intelligent person do something so stupid with his money? And um, as a psychologist, immediately I, I'm like, well, you, of course you have to blame your parents, right? <laughs> and so I actually went home and I interviewed my mother. I was like, mom, what was it like for you growing up around money? What was it like for grandma and grandpa? How did you feel about your socioeconomic status? And what started to emerge were all these family stories that blew my mind. And obviously I'm, I'm from this family, but I had no idea these stories existed. And as an example, I found out that my mom's anxiety around money, which set me up to take all these risks around money, it was a perfect setup, came from my grandfather who lost all his money in the banks in the Great Depression. Imagine walking into the bank one day and, or, or they, the bank's closed, right? <laughs> you can't even talk to anyone, all your money's gone. So my grandfather had so much anxiety, he never put a dollar in the bank the rest of his life. And when I saw that story, all of a sudden, my mother's attitude around money and then my behaviors around money made perfect sense. So if you want to understand why you approach money the way you do, dig into your family history and look for those stories. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I look forward to speaking with you again when next time we'll learn more about helping you avoid financial extinction and getting to your financial happy place. And if you haven't done so already, don't forget to click and subscribe to the Money Mammoth Podcast. Until next time, this is Dr. Ed, grateful you chose to spend your time with me. Cheers, everyone.